Ready? So I'm sorry, Pranel, I can't hear you over our theme song. Through the theme song, that's the good place. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-10 of our little show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm the guy trying to convince Rob to watch The Good Place. And every week we listen to great video game music. That's from, not from uh, The Good Place. That's <laughs> definitely not from The Bad Place. That is true. That is very, Actually, we need to do it. Ep- you that's know, an episode topic. Unfortunately, Pernelda, The Good Place is a little bit closer to that microphone. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, we need to do an episode <laughs> called The Bad Place. There you go. Nope, that one down. All right, a good, a bad place episode? Yes. Okay. That has to be the episode title. All right, and we can have no spoilers because eventually I will watch the show. Well, eventually. Yeah. And eventually. eventually. Maybe, I'll consider the no spoiler clip. <laughs> we'll see. Every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music, and we get into it. Um, we finished off our summer of 16 bit. We capped it off with um, the Summer Games Challenge for you and for me. <laughs> for Purnell and then the- and even snuck in uh, a cheeky little Mahjong uh, bonus round episode that was awesome which is, I'm glad you enjoyed that um, so we're out of there we're out of there in this episode all I wrote down in my notes was Purnell breaks away well keep in mind I'm not breaking free from the summer game challenge I'm breaking away from the summer of 16th bit. yeah that's right this is, our, this is our return this is the return of the format that it's good to me. Like I like this. Like I, yeah. I don't mind the restrictions for the challenge. But look, I play a lot of games. I'm all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? I mean, it could be loved. It could be disloved. I made that word up. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I like sharing game music. But mm-hmm. it also generally stems from games I'm either playing or I am thinking about playing. Mm-hmm. Or if we get ridiculous on the topic, it's like, well, what the heck? I guess we'll go with that. And it's really limiting when we're like 16-bit only. But again, I enjoyed doing that. That was a lot of fun. And it did have us, you know, putting on our thinking cast. Like, okay, like this topic yeah. would be easy if we were looking at the PlayStation. <laughs> but when we're behind, before PlayStation, how many games has to incorporated this aspect of gaming? Well, I know. it's it's. I know usually you can just like reach into your brain and be like, what games have I played? I can pick one out and be like, this is awesome. And then I was like... Only 16-bit games, only Japanese games. And you're like, I haven't played any of these. And so suddenly you have to do a little bit more research. research. The dreaded research. The, the R word. <laughs> I, I advocate for everyone having to do like mandatory research papers. And yet I'm the guy who's like, I don't really want to do research mm. papers. But then again, when you really lay it on the table... Is that really any different than how you'd expect it to be? I, no one liked doing research papers in high school. No one did. If you're listening to this show and you're in high school, you write to us and tell us if you like research papers. You'll be lying, but we'd love to yeah. hear from you. Let us know. It's got to be four pages, single space. No, set no, your no, sources at the end of it. Don't be a don't be awful. Double space, seven pages. But don't make it about our show. Make it about Gulliver's Travels, and then sign your name Robert Nichols. And uh, now I can I can <laughs> give that to my old English teacher. Maybe I can get it like a retroactively better grade on my paper <laughs> because I was not great in high school. Um, <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. That was me in like in one of my college classes. I'll never forget uh, the one time I had an exam on Snow Crash. This is something everybody will just laugh at this in general. I had an exam on Snow Crash, the book, and I just never made time to read it. I was so caught up in like being doing dumb stuff and also my science courses that I never took the time to read the book. So exam time came. Oh, no. And I'll be honest, 
this was that weakness moment in my life where I was like, I gotta pass this class and I didn't read the book. So I cheated. Uh, my neighbor was taking the test and I did the whole wandering eye thing. And the question was, uh, what was the name of the ship that the main character commandeered and piloted in the book? And I wrote down my neighbor's answer. My neighbor wrote Starship Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, you both wrote Enterprise. Both of now anybody who's not Purnell should know why that's a terrible answer <laughs> for any standard. But but you weren't watching Star Trek. I didn't know what Star Trek was in that regard. So the teacher knew right away that's, that one of you was looking at the other. Exactly. Yeah. So the teacher did a thing where they contacted me. I don't know if they contacted the other person or not. And said, oh, you know they did. I would have. They were like, hey, um, Purnell. I had to talk to you about something. I was like, okay, what's going on? And she went to explain that. She's like, you and such and such cheated on this exam. I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, I'm looking at these answers here. And it's clear that you guys have the same answers in a way that you should not have. So it's clear that you guys were cheating off of each other. <laughs> and I said, well, if one, if we're going to go down, I should go down alone because I cheated off of her. She did not cheat off of me. Oh, that's and, nice. And I'll take the fall for that. And then I did ask. I was like, what was the question? I really gave it away. And they said, <laughs> of, of course, the teacher's probably like, you don't. You don't know? <laughs> of course. The yeah, teacher yeah. laughed too. And he was like, it's this one. I'm like, what's so bad about that? <laughs> it was like... It just the whole thing oh, like nod, nod your head it was like Star Trek you do that's like, so funny oh. what's great is that actually um, before every episode I look at your little paper over there and realize that your cursive writing is like so neat you first of all you write in cursive yes you write everything in cursive I can't imagine writing everything in print it takes too long it takes forever so I just don't write <laughs> I just well, type it, it out. I just type it out on my phone. I actually I don't even type it out. I just talk into my phone and it writes for me in well, print. Well, to my understanding, <laughs> I mean, I've heard people say that schools stop teaching cursive yeah, at this point, which yeah. saddens the living daylights out of me because cursive is fun and <laughs> it's elegant. Rhythm and pixels. Cursive is fun. Cursive is fun. And remember, writing cursive is just elegant and sophisticated and it's quicker and write research papers because you need to be able to express yourself in a manner that can be backed by statements of fact. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Which is why I will be on the VG Embassy defending ease in your honor, Pernell. <laughs> ah, shucks. Though, admittedly, I need to get my butt on the VG Embassy to yeah. do the ease episode. Gotta do, a little, gotta do a little of that R word. And if you're listening to this episode, please just... not. We'll cons I'll consider it. But if you're listening to this and... Uh, or if someone who knows Ed is listening to this, they can relay the message. Just send me a date and I'll make it work yeah, because yeah. I suck at this kind of thing. You he just said he's, like, hey, he's, I'm he, scheduling yeah. you in. He said he's booked out for a while. He's got a lot of shows coming up. That's so. a good thing. Yeah, that's it's good. A great show. It's a really good show. Um, yeah, I guess before we get started, I played a game last week out of suggestion. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Tell me you, what? Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the P word either. Oh, of course. <laughs> the well, R, of course the R word and the P word. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Which is research and persona. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So last week um, on the show, we had um, Daryl, the last weekend, uh, give us a track from Cyberbots. Mm-hmm. Which I was in the also in the Capcom Arcade Classics collection, which is not the name of it, but I forget what it's called. Uh, belt that was it the belt action or was it the arcade game that you play? The one I have. 
Capcom. It's called Capcom Arcade Classic. Something like that. Capcom Classic Stadium. I forget. That's Uh, actually the name, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, But I played the game that it was based on, which was um, Powered Gear. Okay. Powered Gear? It was called Powered Gear. But they made a fighting game based on that called Cyberbots, which he played and played some music on, which was really, really good. So I played a bit of it, and it was it's awesome. It holds up? It plays like no other fighting game I've ever played before. Really? Um, That's it, a lot of fighting games. It looks amazing. There's a lot of... The, the move sets are limited, but that's because there's so many different characters and robots to choose from. And, 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 and this is the origin of the character Jin, who is in Marvel Capcom and Marvel Capcom Oh, so too. he comes from Cyberbots. He comes from Cyberbots. And he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> Well, he seemed like he could be a jerk and yeah, he's not, he's not a cool guy. Or he's just translated really poorly to be an asshole. But uh, excuse me, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a that's a normal life. That's a more okay. That's fine. So yeah, he's he's translated just not to be a cool cat. So but like he's supposed to be the hero, but you're like he's come really on, arrogant. Come on, come on, son. And he's he's good, but like it's a fun game. Like um, so, a choice recommendation from the last Recon? Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's one. There's like like for a lot of the robots you're fighting against, you can just rush them down. You rush them down, but then there's one that like it was, it, as soon as you rush them down, they pick you up and throw you. And it's like and so it's like really well balanced. And there's another one where like they're trying to push you away mm-hmm. so they can do these ranged attacks, which are like just horrible damage. Ooh. And so you have to rush them down at like really specific times. It's it's really clever. They did a really good job. I wonder if he actually well two things. Then one, I wonder if he and you would enjoy the custom Robo games because that's a similar like that's yeah. like a top down like fighting game. Where you can like melee attach, you get like distance attacks, mm-hmm. and you just like kind of circle each other and knock each other out. So consider trying custom Robo or even Little Battlers experience. Those both 3DS games. It made me want to play, um, although it's completely different. Um, play um, what was the, the the robot one with virtual the two sticks? On. Virtual on. I love virtual. Oh, on. virtual one's amazing, man. Now the second thing is I miss it, I feel as though <laughs> it would be it would be incorrect of us to go on and not acknowledge that he had his one year anniversary show. Yes, so that is so. Congratulations, congratulations. to VGM Fight Club on its one year anniversary. Uh, he did a lot of cool shout outs on his episode, talked up about a lot of different podcasts mm-hmm. and the people that host them. He's a pretty legit dude in that regard. It was pretty awesome. Except for one thing. You got me with that damn dog song. And, uh, <laughs> I got to listen to this. I don't want to hear it anymore. I, be I surprised. won't tell you anything else. But I was like, you guys, I was like, you son of a person. <laughs> he got me. He got me. Oh, so uh, yeah, that, that sounds like fun. So yeah, check, check out the, the VGM fight club. They're fighting it out. We, we, he's making us fight it out. Yeah, he makes us fight. He lasts with he lasts with amusement from his dark day. There's no cave. question either about about joining the Fight Club. It's just you're in. You get a message and it's like I need six tracks. <laughs> it's like Smash Brothers. You're you get in the it. invitation, and if yeah. you don't get in, well, your legs get broke. Yeah, I guess he <laughs> he releases a different episode. I don't know. All right, so um, this week we're talking about Purnell breaking away, going into the games that you've probably played or the tracks that you've had on deck that you've been wanting to get on the show. Here's the funny thing about that. So I was all like, I got them. I got tracks. I'm ready. They've been just stacking up. But then I remembered my memory's terrible. Oh, no. So when it came time to lastly produce, I was like, what were the tracks I wanted to bring on the show? I already <laughs> forgot. So I'm going to be mulling over that some more. Because they're out there somewhere, but I still feel like it counts because I still was like, okay, what are games that I really like 
that I've wanted to talk about in general on the show, but may have mentioned loosely, but never outright just went all in on. Ah. And what are some tracks I could bring in through the show on those games? So that's what I did. I am allowed to bring in tracks that are not from 16-bit games, and they are games that I've been I've enjoyed, and I wish more people talked about. And there are going to be tracks from those games. Mm. No nostalgia here, baby. My it's- games are they're kind of nostalgia based. But they're new games that have most of them haven't been released yet. Ooh. They're in beta or they're in alpha or whatever you want to call it. One of one is out. You know the one. Um, and then a cool bonus round that just got released by Game Shops. So this is even numbered. I'm starting it off. Okie dokie. This game is a throwback nostalgia to Tony Hawk. But instead oh. of people. It's dogs. It's birds. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Skatebird. Yes. <laughs> and, I love that idea. I mean, have you seen this one? I, I've seen Skatebird. It, it looks awesome. So we're going to... And then this... Uh, I think it was at MAGFest, actually, too. It looks... It's silly. It looks fun. But the soundtrack is what it caught me. Um, the soundtrack's by Nathan Madsen. And this track is called Sophie and the Blackbirds. Which male she wants for the summer. 
Females are easily distinguished from males by their strict looks and by their dull shoulders. When the males arrive on their nesting ground, the flock scatters, and each male selects a small territory in the marsh. He drives the other males away and sings and displays his scarlet epaulet. You're listening to Sophie and the Blackbirds from the game Skatebird, composed by Nathan Madsen. Mm, this whole soundtrack has got this jazzy hip-hop vibe with little bird sounds, and it's just all so, so good. And I'm just imagining this the, the, the Tony Hawk-style gameplay with cute little birds and this music just playing the whole time in the background. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's, it's like a... It's like a lo-fi version of Jet Set Radio mixed with the cool hip-hop songs from the Tony Hawk games. People always talk about people always talk about how Tony Hawk introduced them to punk music, right? Oh, punk music, Tony Hawk. But there was hip-hop in that game, too. Oh, yeah. It's like a song I remember. It's like a rap song. And that's the one line I remember. It's like, something, something doing like a cut-mobile. I'm like, I don't know what this song is, but if I heard it again, I'd start singing along to it like it was yesterday. That's yeah. just how that and game a Public Enemy was in uh, Tony Hawk 2. That was the last one I played. Those games had stellar OSTs, and they actually introduced me to entire genres of music mm-hmm. that, like, I may have listened to them off and on with, like, friends in grade school, but I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But Tony Hawk, I'm like, you know, this actually sounds cool. Like, Melon, what was that band called? Melon Camp or Melon Comp? And it was like, tell us where you're from. We want to become invitated to special or something. I want to hear it. Wow, that is a time and place, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, well, Tony wow. Hawk is a time and place. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. But um, So, yeah, so you think like, okay, oh, it's a Tony Hawk style game with birds. Just look this up on YouTube and just watch it. It's like, it'll win you over. The I think it'll is, melt your heart. The thing is, like, I want to try this and I'm probably going to get what it's on sale. But from what I've been hearing from folks, like, unfortunately, the game didn't meet up to the standards that we've set for it being oh. cute birds on boards. But not the same time. That's my standard. Cute birds on boards. It's a good standard. I feel I like, mean, it, but I feel like they've already got that. So I'm good to go. Every more games eat birds on boards or birds on rockets or birds on stilts. But birds doing things. Birds doing things to this to this music though. So I mean, like I mean, given this soundtrack and it's pretty lengthy. There's like there's a number, also I gotta say, if songs. there's an actual genre title or subgenre for this, let me know. But I've always been a sucker for songs that take like audio clips from something else and just play them in the background. <laughs> like there's that one song in Jesse Ray where they go, the most important part of dance is music. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, they do that a lot in like old, older older style hip hop. But if you just look up instrumental hip hop, which is all the rage right now, you'll find it. And there was actually one song I had yeah. by a band called Algebra Suicide where it was just a song that played and in the background it was a guy talking about various like math equations or something. And I'm like, 
Why does this appeal to me so much? (laughs) He's just droning on. When I got into like hip hop and turntablism in high school, like that's the first thing you do is you go to flea markets and you look and you find records with just words on it because then it's easier to scratch, right? So you're just people talking. So the first things you find are like people giving speeches, um, records of like, you know, for, for children of like, of like Batman stories and stuff like that. So I got a ton of those still. Or um, there's actually a whole bunch of like, you know how you can used to get those audio tapes of um, like scary sounds for haunted houses? I know about scary stories to tell in the dark. They also... Um, the, Actually, I've heard of them. Yeah, 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 like CDs them. and stuff. They used to make albums, like record albums of those too. And like sometimes they had like scary stories being read on, on parts of it. And so those are really good for like scratching and... and, and Scratching and Skipping surviving. and scratching and, yeah, surviving and, and stabbing. and. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said surviving. <laughs> and, you know, murdering. No! And, Halloween's and, in a few weeks, man. We've got, we've got time. we got time? Well, I don't know for now. This episode comes out on the 14th. <laughs> that is true. I, I guess don't know we, where the voice came from. I guess time is really sliding down. Halloween will be here before we freak. So don't listen to what Pernell said. Go about, go out there and buy a skateboard. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not telling other people not to buy it. I'm just saying. Or actually, just go go, go look up the soundtrack. Um, Nathan Madsen, the uh, composer of all this awesome music, he just uploaded it all on YouTube. So you can go check it out. And if you like it, find more of his stuff out there. His stuff is really good out there on Bandcamp. And that's... Bandcamp? What's Bandcamp? Bandcamp is a place where you can go buy music. Now, back in 2008, well, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we started putting music on the internet. And you thought, how can we get people to pay for it? And the answer is no one No does. one will. <laughs> Honestly, I've gotten, I'm, I've gotten a lot of And thus, we made all of our artists poorer. <laughs> I'll admit, though, Bandcamp is like the one way I generally tend to find myself paying. Because like, hey, I'm on Bandcamp. It's right there. The full album list, and they have a little price there. That's where you. I mean, you're not exactly. It's not. Also, wait for that Friday. Yeah. Well, even even not that. Like, if you buy a full album through Bandcamp, so much more of your dollar is going to the artist. You're saying like, even if you don't wait till like artist, um, artists. Yeah. They call it Artist Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can just wait for that and make sure all the money goes to them. But I mean, they started doing that more recently. But if you buy their music through Apple Music or through Amazon Music. It ain't getting they, they're still getting very, very little. And if you just stream their music, like they're getting like nickels and dimes. Yeah, like a sixteenth of a penny, you know, less than that. So on that note, go to Bandcamp. Especially a lot of these VGM artists um, are on Bandcamp, and that's where they primarily would be. Mm-hmm. So go out there, get the whole soundtrack, and then you know, do like I do and like old school, upload it to your phone, and so now your phone is full of music. I miss those days, actually, when I used to have to do like, Now my phone's just full of a bunch of meme photos that I really delete. Oh, man, mine is chock full of albums. I, I download all my music. Also, I probably I hate, also have a Spotify account. I hate streaming. So. Yeah, I don't have a Spotify account. I hate streaming. Um, okay, Pernell, your first song is not from Spotify. You, you've been telling me that Skateboard's terrible, and this is going to be way better I, than Skateboard. I never said that. <laughs> all I said was I heard. I've never played Skateboard. I cannot vouch for that game's quality. I know. You're telling and me the spectrum. these things, but your your eyes are telling me something else. My eyes are saying, here's a cool game. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop joking around. No, you're being cool. My heart hurts. I, I, know, I know. My heart hurts. I'm First, just, you told me I stop with a bracket. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I was making a joke, but really I was just playing with my friend's heart. <laughs> <laughs> my, my soul. <laughs> but my actual first track 
I'm sure I've mentioned this game on the show before, but I believe I've never picked an actual track from it. In fact, with the exception of one of these games, I'm positive I've never picked a track from any of them on the show. So I'm glad to be able to do that today. This track comes from the game Mad Rat Dead. Um, I don't know. You have to speak a little slower. <laughs> mad. Oh, no, this Mad... As in, I'm really angry. Okay, I mean, you have to be like that. It's like, it's I'm teasing you. Mad Rat. Mad Rat Dead. I got it. It's a weird name for a game, but it makes sense. Um, and the title of this track is called Yellow Invitation, and is composed by Camilla. Camilla. A chicken. A bird. Making all the sounds. The cake was finished while we were sitting in the rain. All we gotta do is apply the final touches. Oh, all we gotta God. do is apply the final t- touches. Take out the shrimp, the clam, and the purchase. Take out the shrimp, the clam, and the purchase. The shrimp goes here. The clam goes there. The shrimp goes... Uh-oh. Clam goes here. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Yellow Invitation from the game Mad Rat Dead, composed by Camilla. This game is, or this track even, is just a freaking bop. Uh, it's interesting how the OST for this game, the entire OST works extremely well for the game. Mm. There are specific tracks, however, that I find myself listening to outside of the game proper, and this is absolutely one of those tracks. Uh, you might be asking yourself, what the heck is this game to have this tune playing in it? And it's interesting. This was one of, oh, sorry, one of Miss America's releases from last year. I actually believed at first thought that it was going to be their elite, their like their weakest game of their releases because they were competing with like Trails of Cold Steel Four and like other more noteworthy titles. Turns out this was their most original product and also one of their most fantastic that I wish got more love. The premise of this game is you are a lab rat. You're a lab rat who is experimented on by a jerk scientist. And the scientist, of course, kills you in experimentation. So on your deathbed, you're, the rat's apparently praying for a chance to re get revenge on this guy. And the rat god listens to him and decides to give him one day on Earth back from the dead to get revenge on the lab doctor. So you're a zombie rat with a living, pulsing heart. And the heart, in turn, manipulates your, powers you to rhythm. So as you're moving through stages, you're on the beat of whatever song is playing. You can, like, run. You can long run. You can jump, double jump, stomp, smash. Like, and it's like, you got to do every action to the beat. Um, if you screw up, you can rewind time to retry it. But you're on a constant clock. So if you screw up too much, you'll die. So, let's say you get like 500 seconds to beat the stage. You can beat the stage in 300 or 400 seconds. Oh. But you have like that 100 extra seconds if you screw up. But of course, you're not going to get great if you keep using rewinds. So, you got to perfect it. Hence, perfect runs. And this game is very brutal for those. Right, because you're probably always chasing like, oh, I could do that better. Oh, I could do that better, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's always fun. And yeah. normally with games, when you're on the beat, you're, you're generally like rhythm games. You're usually just focus on, okay, here are a bunch of notes. That's got to hit the notes or hear a bunch of strings because play the strings. But in this game, it is a platformer, which means you are trying to traverse the negative. The, the, you're trying to traverse the terrain that you're that you're being impeded by. But you also have to worry about things that just pop up. Like you might be doing a series of jumps and a flame will just like drop from the sky. And now you have to react to that on the beat. <laughs> now, or you'll are, lose are, some these, are these obstacles also happening to the rhythm or they just happen like just kind of based on where you are? Yes and no. Hmm. So, like, the way things would happen is if you're moving to the beat, the incidents will occur in a way that you can also react to them on the beat. Okay. But the things themselves are not on a rhythm. Like, you're not going to watch a flame go, burn, 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 burn. Here's a flame. Right. It's so Figure oh, it out. Okay, yeah. So things are, hap so things are also kind of choreographed to where you are mm -hmm. in relationship to things. So that if you're offbeat, things are kind of happening offbeat, too. That's really that's a clever way to do it, and it's also a clever way to if they have to rewind back in the game, that all of those objects just follow the character anyway, so they don't have to like worry about the, where the state was later on. Exactly. When yeah. you rewind, the flame will go back to where it was in the position. Yeah, because because it'll just come back when you're in front of it again. Uh huh. Ah, oh, that's really cool. This it, game looks mad. It looks really yeah, mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the art style is really interesting it, yeah, the art style is fantastic yeah, really and, it, colorful. And, and it gets weird like 
it's not really a sport, it's the first boss of the game, because you do fight bosses too, but the first boss is actually like lab rats that you come across who like, I can't even remember exactly how it plays, but like, the guy's like, why are you like being here? You know you're being experimented. It's like, yeah, but we get food, we get water, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then something happens to them, and like their brains get exposed, and they start freaking out. So you have to fight these rats with exposed brains by like, smashing into their brains. Oh, it's a weird, but awesome game like it's there's i can genuinely and truly say there are there's no other game like this no it's the entire soundtrack by this guy no I, he's done a couple but there's okay. others like that one of the tracks i had written down was by kazuya takasu okay so that kind of makes sense so uh camellia um also known as kametech um and his real name is messiah oh yeah um so he is a all-around like multi-instrumentalist and has done uh, Vocaloid music for a very, very long time. And um, he, I think he started getting famous when he submitted um, original music to Konami. When they, Konami had like an original, for their arcade championship, they had like an original song contest. And his two of his songs won. Ooh. Like two of his songs. Full circle. So if you play Sound Voltex, which is another like Bimani game, like his music is in that game. Oh, okay. And a lot of his music is really popular in the game I play, which is the custom version of ITG. So um, mm. there's a lot of his music like wrapping around and falling around in there. So this this style like makes a lot of sense. He he's, he takes a lot of genres and like just sort of makes them all crazy and fast, like a lot of disco usually. <laughs> I wonder how that would work in this game yeah. too. I, don't, I can't I don't know if there's a like, doing disco tracks in this game, but that would be a trip. But um, but this makes sense, like that you would play games to this beat. I'm sure there's faster stuff. Like how fast does it go? This is like 130, 140. I think the fastest BPM is like 175. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because if you're on a controller or keyboard, you can't only go so fast. Mm-hmm. And you honestly, even go. that's really hard. And, to and reacting to things on exactly. the screen. Exactly. Yeah, you got to remember, you're yeah. reacting to stuff. Yeah, you're not just like tapping to a rhythm. You're like moving around. Mm-hmm. All right. So my next game um is one that I didn't realize there was a sequel coming out to, and I love this game. This is. 30XX. Oh, okay. Sequel to 20XX. 20XX. Um, yeah, the uh, soundtrack again by the same artist, uh, City Fires, who I went out and explored the rest of his work, uh, not just in games, but his personal work. And he is fantastic. He's in Atlanta, and he's just an amazing uh, composer. But I love the stuff he's doing for these games. Um, 30XX uh, is, I think, is in beta right now. They're still testing it, but it looks, it looks like 20XX. Well, let's bring up the track, and yeah. then we come back. You can tell me about what's going on with this. Yeah, we'll get into it. All right, this game, this track is called "The Abyssal Depths," and the Echo Cave boss. This is by City Fires.
listening to the Abyssal Depths or the Echo Cave Boss from the bo- bo- Boss. <laughs> I know my voice is a little crazy. Um, from the game 30XX, the soon-to-be game, a 30XX, um, composed by City Fires. Again, it's got that it's got that same style from 20XX, that really fast, energy-heavy kind of mix between chiptune but right here they get he's got all these other instruments he's putting into the soundtrack so some some of the songs have guitar in it a lot of the songs have this piano in it and it just it fits so well it sounds amazing i gotta play more of this game to get more of the sound in my ears i do have this on the switch not this one but the 20x i have it on the switch i played it a lot <laughs> so for those the uninitiated here give us the 412 <laughs> Of what this is. So 20XX in this game, they are um, platforming uh, roguelikes. So there's going to be, like, let's say you got like, they made eight bosses. Mm-hmm. And they're played out in different orders. Um, and at the end, throughout the, so first stage, second stage, third stage. But they can all be in different orders. So their first stage could be really easy and the last stage would be very, very hard. Mm-hmm. But that boss that you play on the first stage on one run might actually be on the last stage of the, of the last run. So every every boss, every stage actually has all these different variations that could be on it. And it's a roguelike, so every time you go to play it, the stage is completely different. Okay. But it's a platforming game, and, you, and you, it's played like Mega Man X. Exactly like Mega Man X. So you're going around, and you're earning... Um, like little bolts so at the end of each stage you could be like well maybe I'll make my jump higher or maybe I'll get a new weapon upgrade you know and you just keep going and going and going and going um, and the first game was really addictive in that way I, it kind of lost me towards the end just because I felt like I was kind of stalling out there wasn't it wasn't giving me much more to go on mm-hmm. um, were you able to complete a, a run of the game or were you generally like just constantly making efforts to pull it off um, I never got to the end I got real close um, I just wasn't good enough to to, 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 to handle. It. I'm just my my dexterity is not great on these these styles of games. You got to dash and air dash and all that stuff. Um, but the one thing I was that when I started playing it, that kind of first of all, the reason I started playing it was because I love Mega Man X and I love this, this music. Mm-hmm. What disappointed me was the art style was like kind of more cartoony. You know, mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't like the classic 16-bit sprite style. It was all like cartoony with hard lines. You know. Which is cool. I respected that design choice. But what I wanted was like a pixel style, you know, really bright colors, pixel art. And in 30XX is exactly that. It still blows my mind to this day that so Capcom I might, might buy that game again. <laughs> or honestly, like give it a shit, give it, pick it up again, maybe. Yeah. Like it genuinely blows my mind that like Capcom hasn't revisited Mega Man X. I don't even feel like I don't even care about the narrative. Like I noticed people that are like, but how are they going to continue the story past X eight? I'm like, I don't care. I stopped caring after X five. I don't know. They, they went on, they went to Mars and they came back and they had they had amnesia. <laughs> or they gonna get to the fireworks factory. I don't know. And then I wrote some fan fiction, you know, they got together and they got they made a dating sim now. Who knows? But oh cripes, no. Actually I'm sure that exists out there. That's my <laughs> kid. But uh no, I feel like I don't even need a narrative. Just give me X is a robot Maverick Hunter. Zero is a Maverick Hunter, and Axel's still here for some reason. And then there's now eight Maverick bosses, and now you have to take them out, blah, blah, blah. Because, one, people want more Mega Man X. Two, they still haven't reached the point with Mega Man or Mega Man X where they finally made, like, a Mega Man Mega Mix, which the fact that that doesn't exist is stupid. Oh, like, mashed them all together? Mashed them all together yeah. in one game. Like, people will say, like, what about when we're eight different? But no, I want 24 bosses in one game. I want it to be open world so that you can go around this environment and hunt the bosses down. Mm-hmm. 
because they're all attacking the city yeah. simultaneously. But, but still be two-dimensional platforming with all of those same kinds of controls. Yes. Like, that's that's what I want to play. I don't want this first-person over-the-shoulder, you know, pre- hold down R3 to run, L3 to crouch. I don't think it's a conducive gameplay L2 to games. jump, lock on with a square button. What's lock on even mean for now? I don't even want to know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I'm afraid of it. <laughs> I'm old. I mean, I've played games like Titanfall 2, and I've played yeah, Eternal. Yeah. All these 3D games that try to incorporate dashing and platforming elements, like grabbing a pipe and swinging and all that. It just doesn't translate. I mean, I'll deal with it, but it just doesn't really translate well to first-person yeah, action. When you're watching, when you're playing a game, an old-school-style game that's side-scrolling or even top-down, you can see everything in front of yourself to the right of yourself and below yourself. And I feel like that gives you like this huge advantage over the terrain, mm-hmm. over the obstacles that in a first person game, which is supposed to emulate, you know, being physically in that world, you don't have. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I will s- missing out on that advantage. I feel like, yeah, there's more challenge there, but like, I don't know. I think it's more fun. I will say this though. There's something there and I haven't quite figured it out. Like in, in their defense though, I will say, that the ultimate pull-off would be to actually get that to work. Because when we play these games, we want to feel like the, the badass that's in the game itself. We want to be in that person's shoes and pull off these cool maneuvers. And if you were actually doing it, it would be in your perspective. Like, from the perspective of you as a human. But in the game world, how do you convey that same feeling as if you were running and jumping in the real world? That's something that... First person has never pulled off. I want to say they, they they really attempted that with Mirror's Edge, and people love that game. Oh, Mirror's Edge was awesome. Yeah, but man, that is just, oof. There's a lot of there's a lot of things moving around in that game. That, and that game, if you tried to play that with like actual you know gunplay and all that, <laughs> good luck. Um, that last room where they actually force you to get into combat, it took me like an hour or two to pull that off. Right, because all that game is about just avoiding combat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that final room is like, nope, you got to deal with all these adversaries. <laughs> I did use the Oculus for the first time about a month ago, and um, I played super hot for a minute, and then I just played Beat Saber. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be super cold. Yeah, super cold. I mean, it was, it worked. It was interesting. I don't think I could do it for a long, a long period of time. The super hot? Yeah, or any of that stuff. No, Beat Saber, I can. Just, it was awesome. I feel sorry for the headset I'm borrowing, that's all, because I, oh, I was yeah. dripping sweat out of Dave's helmet when I took it off playing pro- Beat Saber on My hard problem mode. is I have the music going on in my ears, and I got the screen in front of my face, and I'm doing this thing. I know there's people around me. Oh, you're punching I, that TV. But I don't know where they are. And they better I, get back. And I just feel really conspicuous that I'm not part of the room anymore. Oh, I love that part. The only that disturbs me is the fact that I'm in someone else's house near their expensive equipment and like, I kid you not, playing Beat Saber, I was getting into it to the point where a couple times like Dave had to come from behind me like, like move me. He had to grab me by the shoulders and move me back away yeah, from this yeah. expensive TV. The Oculus is pretty good about like having some awareness of like the things around you and being like, okay, your rug is here. You know, This is where you want to stay. And would have warned you when you started to step out of places. The new the new sys setups are really good now. Okay, um, I might buy one. I, 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 my problem is like I never feel like I can put them on my head properly. Maybe it's something you could do like on like when you're traveling, right? Like if you're on a train, just put them on. Oh God, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, right? You can play your switch on a train, right? Yeah, but I can't VR on a train. I'll get arrested. You put a, yeah, you put your helmet on and you start playing and doing something. Terroristic threats not on my watch, pert sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> this is a Wendy's. Um, all right, so what's your next track? All right, so this comes from another game that I'm a huge fan of, um, which I didn't expect to be, but 
lo and behold, it happened. Um, this game is called Batbarian or Batbarian, Testament of the Primordials, and the track is titled Eldritch Disco, composed <laughs> by Will Savino. I already know I'm going to love this song. What's well, good? <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Eldritch Disco from the game Batbarian, Testament of the Primordials, composed by Will Savino. So this track definitely has a nice pulse going through it throughout the entire time it's playing. Like it feels good to listen to and get your toes tapping. Yeah, you. I mean, if you were to tell me this was a, a rhythm game or something, some game with rhythm elements, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. The funny part is this probably would fit in well with Mad Rat Dead, but surprisingly enough, no. No music rhythm-based oh. gameplay here. That Barian is a platform exploration game, search action or whatever they're calling it now. Um, <laughs> I won't say the other one. <laughs> I, 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 made a, I made a funny earlier. I can't remember what it was called. I said, um, I said, I said, I said, I said... I say one up one again and again and I'm yeah, one I, 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 I can't remember. You go ahead. <laughs> Search action. Search uh, actions. So as you're playing this game, you are controlling a barbarian who's either a guy or a girl, depending on your choice. They play the same, just one has a sword, one has dual claws. So of course I pick dual claws. That's just awesome. Um and in addition to just being you, you also have a cute bat companion named Pip. <laughs> now, one thing that makes this game particularly different from the norm is that the entire cave you're in is really dark. I mean, extremely dark. But for some reason, your bat gives off a nice radiant light. So you need to utilize your bat companion to see where the heck you're going half the time. And you do this by directing the bat to different places. You have fruit that you can pick up and throw. And where the fruit goes, the bat will follow. Thereby, that's where the light will go as well. So you're directing the bat to place you need to light up to hit switches to illuminate where you need to go, stuff of that nature. And as you progress further in the game, not only do you get normal abilities that will upgrade your character, but you also upgrade the bat with new elemental properties like a fire bat or a thunder bat. Um, and it becomes really cool. You get fruit that becomes sticky, so the fruit will stick to the wall, so the bat <laughs> will stay in a position for a certain amount of time, so you can oh, get past traps. That's super clever. It's really cool. And the best part, even beyond how cool the game plays, is that this game is hilarious. Um, there is dialogue, not spoken dialogue, but like text dialogue between NPCs and the occasional companion that can join your quote-unquote party. And the dialogue is just its great. It's hilarious. Uh, I... This game deserves all the love it should get, and it doesn't get much. I think it was published by Dongan Entertainment, which, again, it was. if you see Dongan Entertainment, you should really consider that game because they haven't screwed me over yet. Like they, they published great games. You see, Dongan Entertainment, and Dongan means quality. Dongan. <laughs> Pay Dongan. me money, Dongan. I wish. No, uh, but, uh, but, uh, oh, but seriously. What, like, what other games have you played uh, from there? Do you remember? Um, Smelter was published by Dongan. Okay. So, they were one. I need to really think harder, but there's like another one. In fact, I know I just submitted a request for a review copy. I was like, if we can get this, that would be great. And he's like, how do you know you want it? Dongan did it. I don't even care. <laughs> I, just, I, don't even, I don't even want to look it up. Just know Dongan yeah, did this it. this is awesome. Let me tell you something else. That When I see that name, I know it's going to be good. That's quality, baby. DYA Games and Dongan. Though, yeah. I hold Dongan in higher esteem because DYA can go either way. But I personally love DYA. Yeah. Uh, Ninmark. Dominic Ninmark. Dominic Ninmark. Okay, if that's if that's not a segue for you, what that's what I'm going for for now. <laughs> um yeah, so this game I believe is out. I'm excited about the soundtrack for sure. It looks like a fun running gun where you are a goose in a mecha suit. This is the Mighty Goose 
There's just Mighty... I want to say Mighty Goose Game, but there's already been an untitled Goose Game. This is just Mighty Goose. I wish it were called Mighty Goose Game now. I mean, this is the... This is... This is... That Goose has gotten, like, overpowered. Um, New game called Dat Goose. (laughs) And, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun, high-energy tracks in this game, so I went a little bit slower. This was the Armory uh, music, or the Options Menu music, composed by Dominic Ninmark. Doing what you love. As a mighty goose, gonna squag and hug and on your face, gonna pew, 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 pew. I'm a mighty goose, say, man. <laughs> this is the mighty goose. I'm gonna say the mighty goose. Um, this is the armory and options menu music made by Dominic Ninmark. I just, I love this style. This has got that 90s, like, New Jack swing, like, feel to it. It's so cool. I think, like, all of his stuff kind of carries this vibe. Like, you, you joked earlier when I posted the Where the Turtles Roam track from Bot Vice. He's like, I hope this is a, you know, just, uh, I hope this is a, you know, foreshadowing for what's to come. Yeah. And I was like, I wish it were. Uh, it's not, but I played that track on the show in the past, oh, okay. so it's not, it's not I thought it looked familiar. I was like, uh, oh, yeah. that, that, that was the game that showed me how awesome Dominic Nimark is. Like, he's this got, is this guy's stuff. Yeah, so Dominic Nimark's got, like, this style. That, I mean, he does some more modern sounding things, but, like, he's got this, this, this grip on, like, this 90s nostalgic like electronic style where like he could score a buddy cop movie all by himself or like, a, like I'm on the beat did, did, oh buddy did, did. I always said bunny bunny cop or a bunny cop movie detective rabbits on the case <laughs> um, oh that's a, smuggling ring that's a Zootopia 2 composed with a soundtrack by Dominic Ninmark I'd watch it that'd be awesome it'd be like a whole like it would be like an 80s bunny cop drama with like this kind of electronic like like this does not sound out of place as background music in Beverly Hills Cop, right? Exactly. I That's what I'm thinking that. about. Love that that idea. And there has to be a carrot smuggling ring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like underground carrot. It's like it's prohibition. They can't. The carrots are outlawed. Like people <laughs> have too many carrots. Um, but no, this is a um, just the slower track, but it's just so funky. I love that swingy electronic sound. Um, a lot of his other stuff is is very high, especially in this game. It's very high energy very fast but still has that synthy sound to it that's really great i mean I even, even and, as far as the his youtube channel is, is mostly like Eurobeat remixes i need to try this now stuff. because i'm wondering if this game is a quick running gun or is a methodical slow running gun looks fast uh-huh. it looks very fast 
That's from what I've seen. I mean, and again, this is one I watched throughout development, but then I was like, oh, it's out? I didn't realize someone was posting their like their animated gifs of like, hey, look at this game I'm working on. It's a goose. He's crazy. <laughs> look, look at how mighty this goose is. Like, that's funny. I can't wait to see that. Um, so yeah, I'm glad it's a real game. It looks nuts. There's a honk button. Is there? There's a honk button. I'm so glad there is. Now there's just two things. Like, there's two things in reviews or like game descriptions that have become a thing, or one that's become a thing and one that needs to. One being, yes, you can pet the dog. It's important. Cat. Yeah. Yeah, you, have you have to, to note it. And also, I want yes, the goose can honk. So in an untitled goose game, one of my favorite, like they give you a button to honk, and. All it would do is startle the people, and there was really no use for it in the game. That's but it made it me, and, and you can also spread your wings out and get really annoyed. And it made me so happy, like if I was getting frustrated, that I could just like just go nuts and be like, <laughs> rah, 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 and just like honk as much as I could and just chase people, <laughs> and then like start over again and then be, get upset and just chase people. Um, Dude, so, man, that's legit. Like that, it's just fun. You gotta put fun stuff in your game. It does nothing, but bring joy it's weird sometimes too like I, I go either way with this sometimes the idea of games including features that are solely there just to add some sort of either silliness or realism right. like you mentioned we mentioned the honking and wing flapping that does nothing mm. from a gameplay standpoint same for like i think about like you know say rpgs where you're exploring like a dungeon that's like in a building and every room seems to always have a purpose i'm like but if you were in an actual building or a dungeon, there'd be a lot of rooms that have nothing. Yeah, you walk in and one's just like a warehouse, but like half the stuff is like gone already. You know? yeah. Like you just pretty much wasted your time going over it, but, like, but it would be realistic to have you wandering a place that does where there's aspects of that have no purpose for what you want. It's right. just filler. Right, like you're Zelda and you're like, okay, I'm going to go fight Ganon. You make a left and you're in his bathroom. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. want that. I want this kind of stuff. Where it's like, what's in this room? Nothing. Wow, what yeah. a waste of my time. But... I I'm love on the hunt. You're right. It's just like, you know, games don't have to be serious all the time. You know, I'm on a little comedy with my Dark Souls. Yeah, maybe the Moblin's cooking dinner and you walking on him is like, you know what my secret recipe <laughs> ingredient is? Now I have to kill you. I mean, I provide my own comedy in these games with how bad I am at video games. Ah, <laughs> you sell yourself short. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. All right, so we're on to your, I think your last track of the set. All right, speaking of games that I'm actually bad at, um, <laughs> but I also genuinely like, this is a game called Star Renegade. Oh. The track title is called Enforcer's Wrath and is composed by Steve London.
Welcome back. You're listening to Enforcer's Wrath from the game Star Renegades, composed by Steve London. Uh, this, as Rob pointed out on the break, this is none of my tracks this episode have really been my usual style, and I love it. Pernell's changing styles well, varying. Like I, I know you're into this stuff. I know, but like usually there's a lot more rock in the show. Oh yeah, let's talk more rock. <laughs> uh, that misfreeze pop. Um, but yeah, like, but who knows? I mean, rock the rock will make a return. But for now, it is kind of nice. I'm like, you know, these are all tracks from composers that I hadn't really heard much about until this episode. Mm-hmm. And then the tracks, the, the music style is different from what I usually pick. This is like a topsy-turvy, pernsy-wernsy episode, and I'm gold for it, baby. That's what it means to break free. So I'm curious. (laughs) Wow. So I'm curious. You talked about this game you're not really good at, but you love anyway, so tell me about this game. So it's roguelike in scope. Apparently, I really like roguelikes, Um, but it's more like the Slay the Spire type of rogue, but a roguelike in that vein where your character who's fighting to defeat an invading army, that invading army tends to invade different dimensions, like parallel dimensions. So when it conquers one dimension, it goes to the next version of the same universe mm. and conquers that one too. It's almost like this ridiculous game where we just like conquering things. Um, so you're a robot who goes between the dimensions to try to prepare the living beings there for this oncoming war. So you help the main character and her team of heroes to fight these enemies and you end up on different like nodes like from different planets and right. on the planet you have a goal mm. like say for example reach this base within three in-game days so you have to move from like, like land mass to land mass and each one depending on where you go could have like enemies or treasure or like bad conditions or good conditions mm-hmm. whatever and then there's also like camping zones where you can like increase bonds with characters to get um, like combo attacks and stuff like that so as you play through these elements, also the combat is great because if you liked Grandia One's combat, anyone's listening, where you had interrupts and you could like kind of manipulate the flow of combat, this game is for you because the attacks are like all everyone's attacks and moves are on a time bar. So you can kind of see and you, you can be like, well, if I do this, then I can interrupt this. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I have like quick that. attacks. I, like I have heavy attacks. I have moves that can disrupt. And it's like, it's like this weird dancing game where at first you're just like, oh, easy peasy. But as you get further in, you're like, oh, man, I'm sweating. I got to do something to stop that attack right now. And due to the fact that as a roguelike, you're going to definitely feel that because the first time I played this game, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be easy. I mean, this isn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a cool game, but I was like, this isn't gonna be too hard, right? And as I was getting further, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting better at this. I know how to disrupt. This guy can do this, but then they started hitting me with some heavy hitters, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm barely getting through this. I'm skirting by out the skin of my teeth. And my party was getting wrecked, and the last guy that I got to was this giant, like Cerberus, like metal dog, mm-hmm. and he had a specific trait where if you stun him, he goes berserk. And he does eight attacks for every one. Eight. Basically, you're screwed. And of course, I stunned him. He's like, Rrr! he's like, smash, smash. I'm like, this is insane. How are you supposed to beat this guy? Because you might say, well, don't stun him. But you're trying to stun him because his normal attacks hurt too. Like, you're just screwed. And of course, when you die, everyone loses. The robot gives up on that universe takes what it can at the home base, like, you know, any sort of like items or like technology. Mm-hmm. Goes through a port to the next place and he shows up. He's like, hey, here's this war coming. Here's some studies to help you. Here's the proof that it's happening. 
and he sets up the next troop of heroes to go. And you can unlock like new heroes to go oh, on the troops with okay. you. Oh, that's a cool like loop idea. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's really awesome. I, I feel like roguelikes are kind of like that. Right? Like when you start these types of games that have a gameplay loop, where you're, it's almost like they want you to lose early so that you can learn more or earn more items later on in the game. So like your first few runs are almost like punishing. Yeah, like I would say for yeah. this game, just by virtue of how I remember that buildup happening, it is literally impossible to get through the game without dying a few times. Yeah. Like you have to actually bolster yourself up to actually come into these levels mm. stronger than you start. Yeah, but I don't think that's a... like, I, 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 And I'm not saying that thinking that's like a game design flaw because I think it's... For me, that's what really... Like makes addicts me to like it gets me hooked on these games. Like knowing that I will get better because like there's no there's no better way to show progression than like kicking your butt immediately mm-hmm. and then you slowly improving over time. Exactly, and I feel like mm. and I've said this in the past on the show, but there's like a contention. I mean, obviously we, we've already had this discussion, so I'm going to cover the aspect of game how you want. Everyone has fun playing games how they want, but uh, there's like this element these days where a lot of people kind of want to be able to go into a game, start it and be a badass, like, immediately. Yeah. And there are, honestly, games for that, actually. There are definitely a ton like that. Um, But games like this come along, like you were describing, too, where, like, they expect you to learn and grow, and you're going to lose. And if you have that mentality to say, no, I should be winning, that can hit you like a ton of bricks. Like, yeah, I lost. This is bullcrap. That was cheap. (laughs) That dog gets eight attacks. Um, but then what ends up happening is you're like, you got to be like, you know, no, nah, they want me to play again. They randomize it so that repeats aren't boring. Right. So you can, you, you will, you will be able to do it. There's a way to do it. And maybe it's not this time. Exactly. And hmm. that, with that said, though, there's two schools for this, too. Like, there's some roguelikes I've played where they design the ramp up in a way where eventually you will just become a badass that won't get stopped <laughs> because you'll just get so many upgrades that hmm. the enemies can't stop you. But then there's also somewhere it's like, we'll give you more upgrades, but at the end of the day, we're just making it easier. We're not making it easy, though. Eventually, you still had to pull some weight and pull this off. Uh, to me, either school works for me, because I'm fine with either, really. But uh, at the same time, I can see a person getting and it's like, you know, I put like 50 runs in, and I just can't beat it. Me, if that's me, I'm just like, well, I'm done. But I had fun with the 50. Yeah, you know what? And I think that's okay. A lot of these games are very difficult, like roguelike style games are hard to complete. And you have to just admit that the amount of time I put into the game is worth it. You know, because mm-hmm. the, the, it's not all about the end of the game, it's especially the with these games. It's the, these games, it's all about the journey. And our journey is coming to a close here for now. We are in to the bonus round. Bonus round, it's time to play some crazy jams and a round for bonuses. Wow, the bonus round for now. You ready to listen? You took it right out of my head. I was, I was imagining what happens during the bonus round, and you sang it right to me. <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where it gets too late for Rob Nichols to start forming sentences. <laughs> it's getting close, though. Uh, it's the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and, and other, other um, items. items <laughs> based on our theme, it's stupid. I'm stupid. Don't worry about it. Um, you really do turn into like a pumpkin. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's the one downside to just learning how to carve a pumpkin is I'm learning <laughs> that they rot. <laughs> Yo, is it, is, it, is it going? Yeah, I need to figure out how I'm going to discard it without... It's, it, it helps. Oh, so we, we meet Pernell and I. Pernell came, came with us to the family. In the family, we did pumpkin carving. And it helps in, if, if you do it late enough in the season 
um, that it's cold outside, mm-hmm. but it's been kind of warm. Yeah. Yeah. Which on, is nice. But. By like the second night, it was like a liquid bile at the bottom of the pumpkin. Are you and also- mats were all over Oh, it. yeah. You also got to really scoop the insides out like thoroughly. So, I'm, so basically, he's not left too much of the, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. pulp. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to tell. Um, so in the bonus round is where we carve our favorite pumpkins. <laughs> no. Um, so Composers, <laughs> remixers carve their favorite beats into fantastic remixes. Anyway, since, since, this we're, since we're bringing it back for now, since we're breaking away, um, I thought I would um, play some music from a new album released on Game Shops. This is called Dynamaxed. It is Pokemon, Pokemon music um, from, from all, the, all the different games and versions, um, just like really beefed up here. So we're going to listen to one of my favorite songs, Unwavering Emotions from Pokemon Black and White from the game Dynamaxed. This is arranged I by... I it backwards. It's from the gate. <laughs> you from said the game, it's from the Pokemon, game Dynamaxed. It's from Pokemon Black and White from the album Dynamaxed. <laughs> You're tired. And the artist Duzzled. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on, Come man. On, Come on, man. Come on, son. Come on. Okay. Okay.
That was Unwavering Emotions from Pokemon Black and White, arranged by Duzzled for the new album Dynamaxed, released on Game Shops this year. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's like, every one of these tracks is enormous. I almost played Lavender Town because I love how weirdly off key. That's the spooky town. Yeah, the first un- game, right? Yeah, it's all spooky and unsettling. But like when they do it, like in this big like electronic music, like dance music style, it's always like really cool. And speaking of Pokemon, I'm but, still waiting uh, for my Zarud code, you goobers. That's right. Words Purnell said. That, <laughs> You're like, I don't he's know. He's looking what that for Zarud goobers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a code that the Pokemon companies probably said they got. Oh. And there's, um, I, I didn't get it last year. They're releasing the Pokemon again this year. You, and you, you're doing the Pokemon League still, or are you just you just you just in it to win it? I still do Pokemon League with um with the East Coast Pokemon League, but right. um I don't think I'm doing Magfest this year. Like I've thought about it, um, and the more I think about, it, the more I feel like I don't want to go. One, the price went up higher. Two, you know, COVID still. Um, three. I'm not really. I haven't had time to really play Pokemon heavily for the ECPL, let alone for the MAGPL. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, I don't think I'm going to go back till at least 2023. I don't blame you. I know, like I know Joe put in a request for a panel for the SML podcast, and I was like, you know, if that happens, man, I could stick my head in for the panel. But otherwise, I'm not going. Yeah. Um, which sucks because I do miss the convention, but I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Just not feeling. it. I understand. If PAX Unplugged happened, I'd consider that more so. It's a different world, man. Different world from where I come from. Where, you, where we are right today. Here's the chance to make it. Oh, where we focus on our goals. Where I play Pokemon and board games. Yeah, yeah, yeah you caught it. <laughs> I just did I did the eyeglasses thing. Right, Dwayne where, Wayne. Where I had like the Dwayne Wayne um, uh, sunglasses over my normal glasses. Um, all right, so we're on to your bonus round track. What do you got for us? All right, so... I was extremely happy when someone actually did a cover from this fantastic game that, again, I feel does not get nearly enough love out there. Get on it, people. Um, This game is called Astalon Tears of the Earth, and this is the Subterranea theme cover, guitar cover, that is, and it's done by Purple Hat Music.
Welcome back. You're listening to Subterranea's guitar cover theme from the game Astalon, Tears of the Earth, redone masterfully, mind you, by Purple Hat Music. Uh, I was especially happy because he also covered my favorite area theme in the game, which, well, yeah, thanks. Are we going to listen to that? We're going to listen to that one next? <laughs> the no, original okay. version of it? No, 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 no yeah, yeah. Um, that could say, this is cool. It's got that, it does have like a classic style to it, like that song. How old is it? Like, when did this game come out? Actually, the beginning of the summer, it was originally going to be one of my summer challenge games, but mm. I was like, I don't have time. I'll come back to it later. But I really love this game. Like, it's quality. Like, for those who aren't familiar with it, it most reminds me of that classic Falcom game, Legacy of the Wizard, where you had the different family members that would go down to the dungeon from the house and they could explore this interconnected dungeon. Some family members were better used in different areas, blah, 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 based on their abilities. This game does something similar where your three heroes, quote, unquote, three, um, who go into a dungeon or a tower, rather, mm. and they have to explore it, and they all have different abilities, and you can switch between them at various campfires hit littered throughout the stage or throughout the tower, and you have to use them interchangeably to explore and uncover secrets, get new upgrades, and beat bosses called Gorgons, and the music is fire. Dungan, by the way. Dungan Entertainment. <laughs> there it is. Um, But yeah, this is, is a great game. A yeah, great game. it has a Falcom style to the music, too. I mean, I would... I'm guessing based on the cover that I just heard because of the, the guitar, I would imagine a violin fit, fitting right in with that. Mm-hmm. Like the music, yeah. I mean, you would love the OST for this game, I think. It's it's a it's a gem. Yeah, it sounds... I mean, I, it, the game looks like a lot of fun. It looks like something I might get into. Is it? Does it have a PlayStation release? I, I bet it does, actually. Yeah, it was multi-platform, so I'm pretty sure it does. Hmm, I'll take a look. Well, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all of these artists you know, band camps and SoundClouds and Facebooks, everywhere you can go and get this music, buy the music and support these artists. Right, thanks for joining us on episode 29-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is Purnell breaking away. Break free! Breaking free. Is this prompt breaks free? From the summer of 16-bit. Breaks free. Um, I just have it away in my thing. Um, it's also the end of World 29. So this is, if you've gotten this far, um, you are a true gamer. The <laughs> <laughs> winner is you. And you did it without a, a without a game genie. I'm really proud of you guys. Well, I'm sure some people use game genies, but at the same time, hopefully you feel as if you have some free time that some of the earlier levels you skipped might be worth a revisit just yeah. for funsies. Do you have any do you have any past levels that you like, Purnell? Uh, 16-4. Remember that one? I like like random number. 20. Yeah, that was a great episode. What was it about? Tomatoes. 22- that was a terrible topic. <laughs> Tomatoes. I don't even like those. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a topic, by the way. If you're new to the show and, and you like what you hear and you want to find some more, um, our back catalog, just don't think like you got to listen to everything. Don't be a completionist. Don't be a hero. Find, <laughs> don't be a hero. Find a topic that sounds interesting to you and enjoy it. Just I want you to enjoy the show. That's all that matters. Yes. I mean, if by some chance you happen to like every episode... More power to you, but you're not required to. We just like having you around for some of them, any of them, one of them. So um, this one, this one, in fact, in fact, 
Um, so the rest of this month, we have we have some ideas for topics. We also have some ideas for some guests. So we got some fun stuff on the way. And how I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Browns ready to throw throw down. That's right. Like <laughs> it's surprising, like how we can feel like we have like okay, I yeah, come up with a bunch of topics, and it's like wait a minute, we've got a lot of things we should be pursuing here. We have no time to come up with topics, <laughs> but we still want more topics because it doesn't hurt to have a backlog when you do episodes every week. So topics, baby. Hit us up, hit us up. And that's right, we do record every week. So if you have a topic idea, you have a track suggestion. A recipe you, for a good boy be. Yeah, give us some recipes. We're always looking for some good vegan recipes. And not, but I'll eat vegan too. <laughs> we'll do both. Um, and, um, oh, and if you uh, know of a game artist, a, a cover artist, or if you yourself are in a cover band or a remix artist, please let us know. All of those things at our email address. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. If you want a full track listing of this episode and of all of our episodes and even access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. That is the best place to get all of our podcasts, um, really. You can, you can find us on Apple and Spotify and all those places. Um, and you can subscribe to us there. But if you want to look for our older episodes, you got to go to the website, which is kind of annoying. And you can check us out. We have a Discord server. Uh, the link to our Discord is at the top of the webpage, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Pranal uh, started a new channel for spooky Halloween games. spooky games. And I'm hoping to finally get my butt rolling on that this weekend if I can write this review for Dandy Ace. You uh, hear first. Pranal's going to roll his butt. <laughs> <laughs> the game of plague is Lamentum. I'm on the last dungeon in that game. I wrap that up. I can move on to In Sound Mine and Evil Within 2. And between those two, that would easily fill out the rest of the month because none of those games are short. So, whoa. Uh, and just to put it out there, if you are interested in joining in the you know Spooktacular Games Challenge, it's not really a challenge so much, it's just let's play spooky games and talk about them uh, in the Discord. Uh, it was brought up by GameFan44, but... These games do not have to be, you know, pee your pants, freaky spooky. They don't have to be gory. They don't have to be any of the things that people generally associate with horror. <clears throat> spooky can just be spooky atmosphere, you know. Scooby-Doo. If there was a Scooby-Doo game, it would technically count. I mean, it ain't nothing scary about Scooby-Doo. So, I mean, I'm just putting that in the context for you. I mean, there is room for anybody who wants to be a part of this. You don't have to play, you know heavy games or taxing games to be a part of this. Just let you know. Yeah, just just want to you want to enjoy it. Exactly. Just want we want you to enjoy it. We want you to enjoy it. Games are not work. Games are fun. Games that's are why fun. We, that's why we call them games. Exactly. Um, that's how I feel anyway. So yeah, um, it's just out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels all one word if you want to follow us there as well. Uh, Facebook also has podcasts on it now. So if you just follow us on Facebook, you'll, you'll have the podcast is there too. You can listen to it right in the app. Ooh. Which is kind of cool. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H. You can get some cool video game music related t-shirts, some cool Rhythm and Pixels t-shirts, um, all there. And you can also go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And um, by supporting us there, you get access to weekly um, prequel episodes. Uh, this week, you and I, or I talked about DDR for about 30 <laughs> minutes. The history of Dance Dance Revolution. So you can <laughs> listen to that. Um, at least, but it's usually it's like kind of real talk. Sometimes we get into politics. Sometimes we just get into just whatever's happening in our lives at the time. So we just talk about Boyabit. You are craving soup. I really am. I it's, really it's soup am. season. 
Um, and you also get access to a monthly show, a uh, live recorded episode that we do once a month just for you, our Patreon listeners, our members rather. And you also get access to cool stuff. There's um, there's stickers, there's mugs. And um, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels. Uh, Frankly Zappa, uh, Kristen, Mike Myers, Alf Pearson, Vashin8060, Andreas Mielberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, a.k.a. The Wise Guy. <laughs> Christopher Sendstrom. That, that was not even... I didn't even ask you to do that. That was perfect. Uh, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. Check them out at xvgmradio.com, I'm assuming. Um, they're going to be doing their spooky October spectacular okay, uh, yes, very, very soon. Um, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, also known as MeBreeze64. Um, he just released another um, uh, Commodore 64 like, demo scene like a DJ set he did, which oh. is really cool. I would love to, to listen to that in a club, on a big club system. He's always putting out bangers. I want to thank uh, Rage Cage. Also, thank you, Rage Cage, for being quick on the ball. He submitted his track pick already. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you get points, bonus points for early, early, uh, early submissions. Uh, Reinhard Zilkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, the Autistic Gamer eighty nine, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Check him out at edwilson.com forward slash vgembassy.com forward slash get Pernell on your darn show let's, let's do this thing Ed Wilson thank you thank you all thank you all and many more and many many more thank you all so much for your continued support of our show we genuinely do appreciate it yeah. and I I say this every time but I'll just keep repeating it until it comes up if there's anything you can think of where you're like you know it'd be cool if you guys did this or something that you could try to do let us know I mean, yeah. I, we'll, I mean we'll do it don't don't tempt us well, it depends. I mean, I'm not, I'm not eating, I'm not eating paste. Forget that. That stuff's gross. I'm not rolling sugar. I'm, I told you, I'm not rolling anything out this this year. This is my <laughs> Even year. Even paste. The year of yes. The year of yes paste. Yes and so paste and pasta. <laughs> That's, that could maybe maybe you boil it right. Uh, dried pasta. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Our show is Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. We'll see you next week. And remember, also good night. And remember. So, obviously, the summer of 16-bit was Rob's idea. I agreed to do the idea. Had a lot of fun doing it, too. And then it was time to be done. And moved into, we went back to the usual format. Does that mean that it was in some way bad? Which is why we moved back to the new old format? No. It was just something we felt like doing. But change was good. It was nice to do something a little different. Step outside of our box and take an attempt at something that turned out to be a lot of fun. And that extends to normal life activities, too. We tend to have our routines, our habits that we just kind of feel like we need to conform to because it makes us comfortable. And ain't it wrong with that per se? But if you stay rigid to that at all times, you are genuinely, honestly, truly cheating yourself out of experiences that you could be having by stepping outside of that bubble, doing something different. Yeah, there's an activity. Maybe go for a hike. You're not typically want us to be outdoors. Go for a nice hike. I don't know. Maybe eat something slightly spicy if you only eat mild all the time you know it could be anything really i'm just spitballing here but the point is don't be afraid to say yes sometimes and give things that you typically wouldn't a solid go because the worst thing that can happen 
Joey does not have fun and you go home and you're like, well, what was your experience? Well, that sucked, but look at this crazy <laughs> story I have to tell. And sometimes that story is worth its weight in gold. Trust me, if you have a beer with me someday, I'll tell you a couple. They're great. Have a good day. Good night.